0: Good morning, I'm afraid I'm going to lift this right off. the. Hey, I got a question to start things off this morning. Please, 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 somebody raise your hand. Did anybody have a good week this week? What? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, because I had an awful week. It was so bad. I'm just so glad to have it behind me and have it done with. And I'm so excited today to bring this message to you. And I think you're really going to like today's message because it is truly it is God-inspired, it is Spirit-filled, it is loaded with Scripture, and it's 100% gluten-free. So, little something for everybody there. Well, if you've heard me preach before, you know I often use golf stories as little analogies to illustrate points, and I do that because I've played a lot of golf in my life. But, did you know that in college, I played a lot of basketball? I mean, I played basketball every single day in college. If you were looking for me in college, I was either at the dining hall or the gym. That's where you would find me. And if you're wondering how my grades were, let me just tell you, I played a lot of basketball in college. A lot. And I have to tell you something about my basketball. I was pretty good. I I was pretty good. I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Now, you know what? I'm disappointed because nobody here, Nobody gave me the nod of acknowledgement. No, nobody went, yeah, I can see that. No, nothing. No, you just all sat there. Mm, No, nobody. Nobody looked at me like, if we had a pickup game right now, I'd pick you, Pete. No, that's okay. But you know what? I knew you'd say that, so I'm going to prove it to you. So let me just show you how good I am today, let alone 35 years ago. Okay? So that'll just give you an idea. So if you can see how good I am right now, you'll know 35 years ago, who must have been something. So, Tucker, help me out. Okay, no, just sit there. That's all you have to do. I'm gonna throw this ball to you, okay? And it's gonna come down. No, you don't have to hold your hands out. It's gonna come down like a feather, really, like through the net. No, no, it's all right. You ready? Just. No, you don't have to come here. You don't have to put your hands. I don't say. No, you don't even have to do that. It, no, just move your hands. It's going to land in your lap like a feather. I used to be good. Okay, you ready? Ready? Everybody, watch talk. Just sit. There. Yeah, don't cover your face. That's all right. Just yeah. Here it comes. Ready? Ready? Okay. A little off. A little bit off. Just a little bit outside, a little bit outside. Okay. Actually, I wasn't that good. I really wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. But I did earn something on the basketball court that I'm pretty proud of, and that's a nickname. Yeah, because everybody wants a nickname. So I got a nickname. So let me tell you how this nickname came about before I tell you what the nickname was. I know you're thinking of something like Longshot Wilmot or something, but no. I got a nickname. See, here's how it came about. I was playing in a three-on-three basketball tournament. And I was playing with two of my friends. My first friend I'd mentioned before, Big Red, my friend Duncan. Big Red's like 6'4", 6'5", at least he used to be like 35 years ago. Pretty tall, long arms, long legs, great defender, great inside shot, great ball player. And my other friend was Kevin, who, who was the starting point guard for the varsity basketball team at Western. So good. This guy was so good. He even went to play after college. He played ball after college. He was so good. He was so quick. I can't can't even tell you how quick he was. He used to, when he was defending another guy coming down with the ball, he could somehow jump in front of the guy so quickly, the guy would run into him, and then Kevin would throw himself on the floor like he'd just been run over by a truck. It was so great. And then we'd get the ball. It was so great. And it was hilarious to watch on the court. It wasn't hilarious when I'm walking to class with him, and he'd jump in front of me and throw all his books all over the place like I just ran him over. But he was so quick. It was so good. So anyway, we're getting ready to play in this three-on-three basketball tournament, and we're looking at the big bracket board, you know, where who are you going to play, you know? And we know everybody, so you know who you're going to play next. And I'm standing there next to a guy. A whole bunch of us are there. And this guy says to me, Hey, Pete. You guys should do pretty well in this tournament. And I said, Yeah. And he said, Yeah. He said, You've got height. Y- you've got quickness. And, 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 and about the third and, I look at him and I realize his eyes are spinning. And he keeps saying, And, and, and I realize he is searching for some positive basketball skill that he can assign to me, but he can't think of anything. He just keeps saying, and, 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 and finally, Big Red, I think it was, said, and Wilmot, my last name. So from then on, my nickname became, and Wilmot. That's it. I know, sad. So why do I share this story with you today? I share it with you because my point is, and I do have one, I swear I have one, my point is this, that when it comes to God, we treat the Holy Spirit like the and on the three-on-three tournament. Oh, we pray to Father God. We walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Right? Am I the only one? Is this not true? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? We don't even want to think about it, right? I was even talking to a lady once about God and all that, and I mentioned the Holy Spirit, and she said, no, 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 no. She was like, stop right there. Like, don't even go any farther. But that's what we do. We treat the Holy Spirit like it's the third member of the team, and we really don't need him, but we have to have three. So there he is. So that's what we do. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit. Uh, if anybody needs notes, we've got them in the back, so if you want to raise your hands, we're going to be... Filling in some some notes here. But before we begin, will you join me in prayer? So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. We thank you for your word and your truth, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we can come together as family and, and just focus on you, Lord. Focus on who you are, Lord, and mostly focus on what you have to say to each one of us, Father. So we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So we're in the book of John. We're still in chapter 14. I promise you we will finish chapter 14 today. Um, And we are starting with verse 15. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up. John chapter 14, verse 15. And we're going to start with the first verse. And here it is. The first verse is this. If you love me, keep my commandments. Easy, right? Simple. Everybody good with that? I'm good with that one. Everybody good with that one? If you love me, keep my commandments simple. And I love this verse, because no matter which verse you're looking at, which translation you're looking at, this is almost exactly the same in every Bible. I think one says, if you truly love me, you'll keep my commandments. But most of them say, if you love me, keep my commandments. We're all good, right? So really, there's two questions here that Jesus is asking us. Do you love me, and will you keep my commandments? Right? Right? Okay, so we're going to answer those questions right now. Okay, so this is not like junior high kids. We have to verbally say it. Okay, so when I ask you a question, answer it out loud. Okay, so do you love Jesus? Yes. Will you keep his commandments? Yes. Awesome. See, easy. Perfect. That's all you need to know. So there we go. One more question. Am I a good basketball player? <laughs> uh, that's all right. Just want to make sure you're awake. Okay. So, let's take a look before we move on. Let's take a look at some of these commandments, just to be sure we're with this verse, okay? Because we all love Jesus, we want to keep his commandments. So, I'll answer for myself, you just keep scoring your own, okay? So, let's see. Here's number one. Don't judge others. Well, yeah. See, see, in a way, it was easier for Jesus to say this, because he didn't have to watch the Grammys. I mean, that's my opinion. (laughs) Did anybody else watch this freak show? I mean, seriously. I mean, I sit there and go, oh my goodness, is that what they're wearing? Holy smokes. I mean, because he didn't have to watch it, right? And then I'm thinking, I'm sitting over in the Safeway parking lot this morning, and I'm watching people come in and out of Safeway, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm going, oh my goodness, look at that person. So, what's that verse say? If you love me, keep at least 90% of my commandments. Okay, good. So let's go to number two. Number two is uh forgive others. Forgive others. Easy, right? i not forgive others. I don't want to talk to you again, but I'll forgive you. Does that count? Is that good enough? Not good enough? No? Not good? Okay. Um, okay. What's that verse say? If you love me, keep at least half of my commandments. Okay, good. Okay, let's see. What's the next one? The next one is... um Number three, wash each other's feet. What? No, wait. No, I'm not doing that. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh-uh. no. I don't even like washing my own feet. So believe me, I'm not washing your feet. So. Just telling me right now. So if you love me, keep at least one of my commandments. Okay, good. Okay, let's see. Do not steal. Do not steal. I'm good. Do not steal. Do not steal. I don't steal. I don't steal. I don't steal. My income taxes, I don't steal. I don't steal. I mean, except at Jack in the Box where I get a whole bunch of those extra sauces and stuff and napkins. and That's all part of the price, isn't it? Does that all come and you, like, load up for home and stuff? Am I good there, Randy? Yeah, yeah that's good. Oh, just a few more. Just a few more. So, okay, maybe not. Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, what do we do? Does anybody else keep all the commandments? Anybody? Nobody? So... He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we say we love him, but we don't really keep his commandments. So, we're kind of stuck on this first. Thanks for coming this morning. We appreciate that. Yeah. Ooh, so, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, see, see, it's true now. It was true back then in Jesus' time. It was true long before Jesus was around because We go all the way back to the prophet Ezra. Look at Ezra chapter 9. This is what it says. Oh, my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift up my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen above our heads, and our guilt has been growing even to the heavens since the day of our fathers. Okay, so even before that, right, to this day we have been in great guilt. Now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments. What do we do? So here's the question. If we can't get past this verse, what do we do? Well, here's your first villain on your handout. Are you ready for this? It is principle number one, three words, guard, treasure, protect his word. Guard, treasure, protect. When we think of the word keep, we think we have to be perfect. Or we think we love Jesus and we keep his commandments and we don't think much about it and we just move on. That's the natural thing to do. But none of us keeps his commandments because we can't. We have a sinful nature. And let me give you my best example of my sinful heart when it comes to stealing. Have you ever gone in and paid 25 bucks for gas on number four? Pump number four? So you go in and you pay, and you come back out, and you pump your gas. I always am sitting there hoping it'll go a little bit past 25 Yes, yes. <laughs> like, like, just go a little. It wouldn't be my fault, right? I paid the 25 just let it go a little bit, let it roll on just a little bit. Because I did my part. Can it just go further? I always am thinking, it never does, but I'm always thinking, can it just like click over a few more, a little bit more? No, that's me. We all have a sinful nature. So here, Jesus is not asking us to be perfect in his word. He's asking us to guard it to treasure it, to protect it. The Greek word here for keep is tereo, T-E-R-E-O, tereo. It means to watch over, to guard, to maintain, to spiritually guard, to keep intact. That's different than keeping it personal or keeping it perfect. And the use of the word here is to direct it to a personal action. I keep, I guard, I protect. That's all he's asking you to do here. Treat it that way. It's sacred. When you read your Bibles, treasure the Word. He's given it to you. So let me ask you again. Do you love Jesus? Will you guard, protect, watch over, and treasure His Word? Excellent. Now we can move on. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So, it's really an if-then statement, as we say in the programming world. If this is true, then this is the result. So, Jesus is saying, if you love me, if you guard, protect, and treasure my word, then here's the result of that. Okay? And what's the result is? He says he will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper. So what's who who's Jesus giving us? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Who is the Holy Spirit? So here it is from a very high level. And as we read the next couple of chapters, we'll get into it more deeply. But here it is from a very high level. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person. It's not some wind, physical thing out there, it's a person. It's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He grieves. He gives joy. The Holy Spirit teaches and testifies about Christ. The Holy Spirit leads us. He reveals truth to us. He strengthens us and encourages us. He comforts us. He helps us in our weakness. He intercedes for us. He searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. He proceeds from Christ. And the Holy Spirit gives us divine gifts. Prophecy, healing, discernment. I can go on and on and on. It's not the third person of the team that doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is all of these things. So if we accept the principle that we are to guard, protect, and treasure his word, his promise to us is, fill in number two, the Holy Spirit dwells with you and in you. The Holy Spirit dwells with you and in you. And if you're thinking right now, so what? Here's so what. God's principles lead us to God's promises and his promises lead us to his purpose for our lives. Here's the purpose for this first principle and promise. Fill in number three. You now walk with God's authority. 1 John 4.4 says this, You are from God, little children. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You now walk with God's authority. Think about it. You now walk through this world, this dark, scary, ugly world, with authority. Imagine having his authority with you and in you all the time. Would that not change the way you look at things, the way you approach things, the way you walk through life? My wife and I were recently at the South Hill Mall, and we're walking down the hallway, and this little kid, about six or seven, goes by the other way. And after he passed us by, we both looked at each other. And she said, did you see that kid? And I said, yeah. She said, did you see the look on his face? And I said, yeah. And we both started laughing. I'm telling you, this kid had all the confidence in the world. Six or seven, and he is just like, booking. this kid owns that mall. I'm telling you, it was incredible, the look on his face. And the reason he had this look on his face was, He had this brand new police uniform on. And he was just cooking like this is my beat, man. He was just going. (laughs) It was great. He was just walking with authority. It was unbelievable to see. That was so funny. But that's what God wants for for our lives. That's his promise and that's his purpose for us every day. That we will walk with his authority. Verse 19. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it? that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now remember where we are with the disciples. They just had the Last Supper. They're in the upper room. They went from walking with Jesus on a daily basis, seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. They're seeing dead people raised from the dead, now being alive. They've seen Jesus go toe-to-toe with the Pharisees and the Sadducees with authority. And now he's telling them again, I'm going away. I'm going away. They had to be totally confused and defeated, in a sense, because this was the guy they thought was going to save them from this evil Roman Empire that was on top of them. They thought he was the answer. Everybody had that expectation. And now he's saying, I'm going away. I'm leaving you. And look at what he tells them. The world won't be able to see me, but you'll see me. Well, that's a riddle, isn't it? Think about it. The world won't be able to see me, but you'll be able to see me. Okay. Because I live, you will live. Well, He's alive right now, so and I'm alive, so what does that really mean? At that day, what day, I don't know what he's talking about, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So listen, that's confusing for all of us, isn't it? Let alone them, and we know the end of the story. So it's a little bit dazzling for us. It has to be confusing for them. And then he seems to repeat what he's already said, right? This is, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest or make myself known to him. Now, isn't this repeating what we've already talked about, about keeping his commandments? Actually, it's not. So let's look at principle number two on your handout, and here it is. Principle number two is, own his word. Own it. Verse 21 starts out by saying, He who has my commandments. The word has here means to own or possess. It's one thing to know we must guard and watch over and protect something. That in itself is a sacred call, but now imagine owning it. It's yours. It was given to you. Now you treat it differently. If I put $10,000 right here and said watch it for me, will you, while I leave the room, you're all honest people. You would watch it. I know you would. But if I put $10,000 here and said, watch over it, and by the way, it belongs to you now. Wouldn't you run up here and grab it and hold it? Wouldn't you treat it differently? Because now it's yours. It's been given to you. Now it's a whole different ballgame. You own it. It's the same principle here. Jesus completes this in verse 21 by saying that we must still guard and watch over it. But now Jesus is looking for those who will own his word. If you get a chance this week, read Psalm 119. It's a very long psalm, but read it. It's so filled with God's heart and how he wants us to have a heart for him and his word. Here's just a few examples. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the way of the Lord, How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek after him with all their heart. Here's another one. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. And finally, kind of a long one, but a winner. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments. We all fail to keep his word in our own strength, but we can all have a heart like the psalmist who guards, protects, and keeps his word intact. And we can all have a heart that says, he gave me his word, I own it. And if you own it, here's his promise for you. Next fill in. The spirit of the living God comes. The New Living Translation reads like this. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each one of them. Paul and Barnabas owned his word, and in Acts 13.52, it tells us that as a result, they were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit, because they guarded and protected and owned his word. Acts 43.1 says, And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So we need to own God's word with the promise that the Spirit of the Living God will come to us with this purpose. Last, next, fill in. You now walk in God's plan. You walk with His authority. You now walk with His plan. Paul writes to the church at Rome, saying this: that the hope that hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. You'll experience a depth of God's love and acceptance flowing in you and through you. This is the kind of love that transforms lives and churches and cities and towns and nations. This is what God is calling us to. Let's be those kinds of people transformed by his spirit. A guy named J. Lee Grady wrote an article called, When it Comes to the Holy Spirit, Don't Settle for Less. This is what he says in it. God offers much more than a momentary experience. Let him totally fill you with his plan and turn your life into an adventure. And then he listed more holiness, more boldness, more joy, more supernatural power, more wisdom, more revelation of Jesus, more love. And he finishes his article by saying this, the Holy Spirit cares for people. He knows what is burdening them and he wants to speak to them. When we yield our lives to him unconditionally, when we surrender, just like the song We become ambassadors of reconciliation. Ultimately, the more you are filled with the Spirit, the more people you will lead to a genuine encounter with God. And then he said, pray this, Holy Spirit, forgive me for being satisfied with a mere touch. When you offer a powerful infilling of your Spirit, I want all that you have for me. Fill me to the brim and let me experience every dimension of your presence in my life. Amen. So let's summarize where we are. Guard, treasure, and protect his word, and the Holy Spirit will dwell in you and with you, and you will walk with God's authority. Own his word, and the Holy Spirit will come, and you will walk with God's plan for your life. Now, as we read the final passage, let me remind you again of who Jesus is talking to and the emotions they are going through. Fear, confusion, doubt, unbelief. Can anybody relate? I can. Things are moving faster and faster for the disciples. Jesus seems to be giving them more information than they can handle. And he says this in verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Remember what preceded all of this. This doesn't just happen. It happens with the conditions that you Guard his word, protect his word, watch over and own his word. In other words, you have to be in his word. So many people, I heard somebody say this once and I love it. So many people go to the world to get a loan for money and then they go to God to ask him to help them with their debt. You can't be in both sides. God can provide all these things. Don't play both sides of the game be in his word and in his truth. We'll see in chapter 16 of John how the Holy Spirit reveals and discloses his word and how the Holy Spirit speaks the words of the Father. But that doesn't happen if you aren't in the word so that he can open it up for you. Verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is the parting gift from Jesus. At a time when Jesus was the most troubled in his own life, he leaves them and us with his peace. Not a worldly peace that comes and goes, but lasting peace. And then his words of comfort to the disciples then and to you and me today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father and that the Father gave me commandment, so do I. Arise, let us go from here. The last principle, principle number three on your handout. Learn and remember his word. Learn and remember it. The Bible has often been described as a book of remembrance. In Exodus 3, this is what it says. And God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am, and I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God said also to Moses, this shall you say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and by this name I will be I am to be remembered to all generations. Remember him by remembering his word and that will lead to this promise. The Holy Spirit brings God's peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Galatians 5:22 but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And even as I spent this week preparing this message and trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about and trying to come up here and convince you that all this is true, even after my hard, long week, very long hours, very hard days, very stressful week, incredible week, as I'm driving home on Friday thinking I can now relax a little bit, I get a phone call from work and everything I've done that week has fallen apart. I've got systems crashing to the ground, so my whole work world is falling apart. And I'm telling you, I was at a loss. I'd worked so hard to make it not happen, and everything was crashing down. And. To add to that, it was raining, it was pouring, traffic was bad. I was a long way from home. I kept getting phone call after phone call after phone call. I can't do anything. I'm on my way home. I can do it when I get home. But, oh, my goodness. And I was so stressed and I had so much anxiety. And then I remember what God's been telling me all week. I have to remember the Holy Spirit brings me his peace. And I thought about all his words, and I don't know how, but somehow I had peace. Yeah, the world was still falling apart, (laughs) but I had peace. I had his peace. And I went back home, and I just handled it. I had his peace in the midst of all of it. So let me call the worship team back up here as I close with the final purpose for today. So I need to learn and remember His Word, which brings me His peace. And the final purpose for today is this on your handout. You now walk with God's power. You now walk with His power. When you have God's peace, you have God's power. When the world can't break you from His peace, you've got power. When the phone call, the doctor's report, the unexpected bill, work, relationships, or anything else can break you away from God's peace, you now have power. You have God's power. And I'll close with this verse. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So walk in His authority, walk in His plan, and walk in His power. Will you do that? Okay, amen. Pastor Dan?